Welcome to the Snohomish Storytellers. I am Sheila DeVerder. And I am Megan Hetherington, the Executive Director of the Historic Downtown Snohomish Association. Our organization works to revitalize, promote, and preserve the downtown district of Snohomish. And with us today, we also have Trent DeVerder, our podcast producer. And welcome to, to our podcast. <laughs> Hey, Megan. <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> Welcome back. We missed you last month. I missed you too. Yeah. I was bummed to miss out on, on Miss Linda. Yeah. Well, but it was great. You did a great job. Oh, thank you. We're, we're, we're glad to have you back. Thank you. And today, in addition to Megan, yeah. we also have Ben. ben. From the Snohomish Golf Course here with us today. Welcome, Ben. Yeah, thank you guys for having me tonight. We're excited that you're here. Yeah, me too. So the Snohomish Golf Course, I will admit, I did not know where it was. I had to look it up on Google Maps and I've been here, what, four or five years now in Snohomish and I was very ashamed of the fact that I didn't know where you guys were located. Um, but I did learn it's around the Dutch Hill area. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you share a little bit about, you know, what you guys are doing there. I heard you guys have been there for a long time. Yeah, definitely. And that's a really common story we hear, not only with people from Snohomish, but Monroe too. It's kind of over there, you know, on the east side of Highway 2, kind of hidden up there. Honestly, the GPS on the phones has helped us tremendously. (laughs) It used to be really hard. used to be people calling all the time. Oh, how do we get out there? We thought you guys were right in Snohomish. You know, it's like we're 10 minutes farther east. Ah. But so it started off with uh, my great grandfather, um, actually owned the University of Washington driving range b- oh. back in the 40s and 50s. Wow. And so, and that's actually where U Village is now. Yeah, and I was so, just going to say, is that the one that's like directly across yeah, from Yeah, it Uville? is. So yeah. that's actually the new location right where U Village is, is where he is had where it his. Was. Yeah. Oh, wow. And so he sold it and then eventually it got developed. And then so from there, he once he sold it, you know, he had a family and they sold it and he found a piece of land in Bothell, Washington, mm-hmm. you know, not too far from here, about 25, 30 minutes from here. And he built Wayne Golf Course. Oh. So there was nine holes already existing there. And they decided to add nine holes to make an 18-hole full course. And so my great-grandfather and my grandfather started building that. And then in about 19... I want to say that opened in the late 40s that mm. opened. And then so after that, they started making some money there. It became decently successful. And they decided golf was booming. Let's expand. Let's go find some land and see what we can do. So they came out here and originally it was a dairy farm, mm. 200 acre dairy farm owned by Bob Bossy. Okay. And this was at the time when the uh, the U.S. government was coming in and they were taking, you know, getting rid of the dairy subsidiaries. Uh. And so they were offering him a way out of his farm. So he had the land to sell. And so they ended up buying the 200 acres in the beginning of 1967. And by the end of that year, the golf course opened. Wow. So in less than one year, because they didn't have a whole lot of land they had to move because it was a field and a grazing pasture oh, that had yeah, already been forested point. and everything. Mm-hmm. Ah. So it was literally 200 acres with no trees. That's so nice. That's lucky. Right? Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, worked, it worked out perfect for them and they didn't have to move too much dirt, you know, and yeah. they were able to build it pretty Pretty cost effectively, especially mm-hmm. compared to, I mean, today you couldn't even build a golf course. Right. <laughs> you know, with, it's so hard yeah. with the environmental the, the impact studies and everything you have to mm-hmm. go through. And, you know, back then they were really able to just kind of move a few things around, get it open. And then over time, you know, we've updated it, upgraded it and mm-hmm. just continue to kind of put some money back into it. Wow. But we'll still occasionally when we're digging like a, a new drainage line, we'll find an old like horseshoe or we'll oh, find no. something <laughs> back from the farm, some old piece of equipment. <laughs> And even a lot of our pipes in the ground are still the original like clay tile that wow. were put in like the 30s and 40s. I have that at my house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, pretty, so it's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's been pretty wild. And so that year also, and this is one of the craziest things is I don't know if you guys have been up there yet, but all of the trees are 60 to 80 feet. Some are even taller than that. And every single tree out there was brought in the back of one pickup truck and they were all saplings. Wow. He bought every single tree out there for a penny a piece <gasps> from the forestry, the forestry department. That's very that resourceful. Is, yeah. And so pretty wild. It was all done within a year, all kind of put together. And that's then, amazing. Yeah. And what you type could, of, would never see that nowadays. No, yeah. of course not. And what's like, I'm curious, as you've been saying this, what type of planning goes in? 
Okay, I need to back up. <laughs> I don't know anything about golf. I'm sorry to say. I've hit, you know, a ball at the driving range or putt-putt, but yeah. I've never played golf. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later. But <laughs> Legitimate golf. Legitimate golf. So when you're planning a course, though, like there's got to be, you know, I, I would assume like a level of challenge and like planning out what the course is like and yardage and all those things. I probably sound like an idiot because I have no, no idea what good, I'm trying to say. Good. But what type of planning went into that in that time? And do you know much about that? Yeah. So I know when they went out there, so they were pretty fortunate with that piece of property. It was basically a square with mm-hmm. no trees on it. So mm-hmm. they literally went out there and they just, they found like where, the, so there, our clubhouse now was actually the farmer's main house. Oh. Okay. All of our like cart buildings, everything we keep all of our equipment in was all the cow barns. Mm. So wow. it's literally all original. Obviously it's, you know, been re- redone and fixed up since then, right. but everything's original. So they started off there and you want your first hole to start off by the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. You want your ninth hole to come back by, and then your 10th hole is by the clubhouse and then the 18th hole comes back. Oh. So you start kind of with that premise and you find out where your first tee is, your ninth green, your 10th tee and your 18th green. And then they kind of just went out from there. Wow. That's you know, interesting. And they were very fortunate. You know, they, were, they didn't really have to, usually when you go to build a golf course, you know, there's a river here, there's mm. ponds all built in mm. and there's a few ponds out there and they added a couple more, but for the most part, they were able to do whatever they wanted. That's Man. cool. And so yeah, they're very fortunate with that. And hence why they were able to build it pretty quick. And right. the, you know, nowadays, usually when you're building a golf course, they bring in like Tiger Woods to design it or David McClay kid. There's a lot of big name designers. Wow. And back in the day, they weren't doing that as much. It was more like, you know, yeah. he went out and he designed it himself. You know, my great grandfather and grandfather designed it. And it's like vintage. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Vintage golf design. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like if it was me, I would just like drop a ball, hit it, and wherever that ball as went, like, like how far that's that how is. You would play your right. golf nothing about golf so I feel like right. that's what I would do and you're actually that's how they did it once oh. they found that first tee they hit it and then they saw kind of where it was there you go yeah. Sheila yeah. 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 my instincts are correct yeah there's that's some crazy awesome. old pictures of like them hitting balls in the trees like from the sides and stuff mm-hmm. just from where they had to move or like burning so there's like burn piles where they're teeing off wow. trying to like see where they want to hit it and that's crazy yeah. sounds like a lot of fun planning a golf yeah, course when you put it that way yeah <laughs> Maybe that should be like a high school engineering project, but I you bet get that to would be drop fun. the engineering. You just yeah, here's a ball, here's a club. Yeah, hit it. Just right. go wild. Yeah, yeah. Go wild. It's golf engineering. Yeah. I like it. So in the you said 1967 was mm-hmm. when they did all of this. Um, when we were doing our research, we saw one of the newspaper articles, I think, on you guys' website that talked about it. And they were talking about how golf was booming around that time uh the 1960s do you have any um ideas of like why golf suddenly boomed in the 1960s like to me that just seemed like a really odd time in a period in history where suddenly everyone was interested in golf no definitely and like so a lot of courses have been around since like the early 1900s late 1800s on the west coast that's kind of the earliest courses you see and most of them were uh not uh, sorry private golf courses okay so you had to be a member it was more for the elite you know Mm -hmm. like it was the guys and their chump you know their buddy (laughs) their buddies the lawyers you know the doctors the guys who could afford to join the club business on the golf course yeah exactly and that's kind of how it started and then you know everyone went to war we had world war one world war two and a lot of the veterans and stuff they built golf courses for them on their bases and wow, so there's still quite wow. a few um, old military golf courses interesting yeah so a lot of guys got into it that way but basically everyone came home from war you know business yeah. was booming and people just wanted something to do and uh, golf was kind of the thing it was tvs had kind of just come out mm-hmm. and so that's an arnold palmer and jack nicholas and like some of the legends gotcha. so, so people watch them on tv and you could go do it you know at your local course but really around here, there was nothing. Yeah. You know, and out here was really the boonies back then. You know, we still <laughs> say it's yeah. kind of the boonies. I say it all the time. Yeah. My wife's from like the east side. And when I told her, I was like, oh, yeah, Snohomish. She didn't know where it was. I'm like, it's 30 minutes that way. Like, yeah. not that far. It's not you know? that far away. No, yeah. that's so true. So then, so that's kind of how that happened. And, um, and so, yeah, so it was really popular then. And then golf's pretty cyclical mm-hmm. and it kind of gets popular and then it'll hit the kind of, you know, valley and then come mm-hmm. back up. And so they actually built another course up in Marysville in the late 80s battle creek golf course huh that's interesting so it it really is like the demand was there because everyone came back from the war and was like i need something to do at home now and of course out here we have all the land that's genius right yeah 
And now it's crazy, you know, because in the last like 10 years, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but a lot of golf courses have closed. Yeah. And it's kind of seems like the American way where something gets popular. They build mm-hmm. too much, too many, too many people <laughs> invest in it. And then the, the weaker ones kind of fail. Mm-hmm. And so we actually ended up selling Wayne Golf Course in Bothell. Gotcha. And it, we ended up selling that to a developer and stuff um, oh, almost 10 years ago now. Mm-hmm. But we were able to reinvest a lot of that money into Snohomish. And so that's been great. And yeah. we've been slowly trying to put as much as we can back into there to keep that one really going well and to you know keep golf yeah. in the community mm-hmm. so what are some ways that you stay competitive as a golf course especially in this region like that mm-hmm. was one thing that I <laughs> considered I mean part of the reason I I hate to tell you I don't like golf <laughs> is because as a kid I grew up like in Arizona a lot of the times and then up here in Seattle because uh-huh. of my dad's business and we had a lot of family down there and I just wanted to be like with my dad and with my uncles and they would golf and so we would be out in the Arizona sun. Granted, it was like five in the morning where it was cool enough to go. Mm-hmm. But I never got to golf. I just had to follow everybody around. You uh, wasn't yeah. have to put little stick to yeah, no. yeah. So that put like a negative impact in my mind on golf. But all that to say, in Washington, like I never remember my dad ever taking me golfing mm-hmm. up here or even taking his brother that they go out with because it just was like an Arizona thing. So how do you compete in this region when it's like how many months out of the year can you golf? Mm-hmm. And then also if there's like you have to have some sort of a leg up essentially to be a competitive golf course. What does that look like? Yeah. So, you know, luckily here, so with like Arizona, they obviously get better weather, Mm -hmm. but people don't really play, you know, June, July, August down there, Mm. which are like the 12 here. Those are our 12 to 14 hour days or our longest days, you know, where it's light from 4 a.m. sometimes till 10 at night. Yeah. And so for us here to really, you know, stay competitive in the market, we really take advantage of the summer and we we really have to pack the books from about May all the way through September, October, if possible. Mm -hmm. And as long as we can do that and we last year, you know, it was a tough it was like a a bad spring, but then it it was a nicer fall, you know, and it's pretty weather dependent, too. Mm -hmm. But we really try to make our money and make our hay, you know, in those summer days. And we're lucky we have their long days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that helps. And then competitive wise, though, I would say up here, the biggest thing is having a non-wet golf course. Because mm. all we get is rain here. Yeah. And it's expensive to keep the courses draining properly. Mm. You know, you almost every year have to go through all of your drainage because there's something going on. If one part backs up and you don't get a hold uh. of it right now, the whole system backs up. And you might see a wet spot a mile and a half from where the actual problem is. Oh. And so, so if you don't stay ahead of it and keep the system you know, moving and flowing, yeah. it can get really wet out there. And so we had a problem with that probably like 10 years ago it had gotten really bad and versus even versus the local courses we were really wet and we were, mm. we, had, we got known as a wet golf course <laughs> so we looked at that and we're like oh boy we really need to fix this so we started punching and sanding our fairways every year we went back and we had a company come in replace all of our drainage and that started to help and then just every year we've stayed on that mm. and so we literally try to sand every wet area and keep it punched just so it's playable and mm-hmm. if you can stay dry people will play your course and even in the shoulder months in the yeah. off season oh. and so during COVID, a lot of the golf courses in the area, a lot of, there's been a lot of ownership change, especially mm-hmm. in the last like three, four years. There's Oki Golf. There's a lot of city golf courses uh, that are run actually by like the cities. Mm-hmm. So kind of a separate note. It's kind of tough because <laughs> we're also competing against the subsidized golf course right. in like mm-hmm. some of the city courses. So I didn't we know that be, was a thing. Yeah. yeah so like Le- Legion Memorial, Walter Hall. Cedar Crest, they're yeah. all local golf courses and they're all municipality. Oh. And so they don't have to make money. So for us to compete against them is pretty tough. Gotcha. But is it like a park? Basically it is. It's it's a park. It's provided by the city. Huh. A golf course is. And the city of Everett, I know, has been getting a lot of heat because they have two of them pretty close. And it's like I know they've been talking about doing like uh lower income housing there uh, or like affordable housing, which probably makes sense, you know, and yeah. it's just sitting there and it's not making money. Right. Uh, there are, you know, since COVID, the courses have been making money, but before that they were literally just plugging uh, money in to keep them going. Do you have to pay to play at those municipal? Y- yeah, you still do. And so, uh, and it's, it's, so it's still a competitive rate. And so that's a little frustrating. Yeah, there. That's yeah. Tough. Is that, is that like Jackson? Uh, Jackson is one too. Okay. Yeah. But fortunately, during COVID, I guess not. Fortunately <laughs> for us, 
is they stopped putting their money as much money as they had in the past into the courses. Uh, and so their conditions kind of went, went south and we were putting all the money back in. And with right. COVID, you know, we had an influx of golfers and we kept pumping it back in yeah. and they were trying to get the money back out because they've been losing for a long time. Gotcha. And so, so that happened. And so fortunately now we're one of the drier courses in the area, which nice. I can't even believe I'm saying. So you guys are open in the winter then? Yes, we are. Yeah. We're open as any day we can, you know, Wow. This winter, we've probably been closed 30 days, you know, mm-hmm. with either it being frozen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the course is just too wet after a deep rain, right. you know, and then snow, of course. Yeah. And you're closed most of December with snow. Yeah. Because all it takes is the traces them out and you can't golf. Oh, really? Yeah. Because on the you get on the greens and you can't putt. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then also, That's too much resistance. And the, the balls are white. So, also, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> wow, it shows how much we know. Right. Hey, don't get me wrong, I've played in the snow before. <laughs> I was gonna say, this is a uh, yeah, I'm jumping in today. I'm the golf Please player, do. I'm oh, the golfer out of all of them. So, I, I grew up golfing in I, Pennsylvania, I grew up golfing. Oh, yeah. So, I remember going to some of the golf courses and they would actually have black golf balls that you could buy to go play in the snow. <gasps> no way, maybe yes. you guys can do oh, that. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, they would legitimately do that. I don't know if they would have brushes or something to clear off the greens. I don't remember all that part because yeah. I never did it, but I do remember going to some of the golf courses and they'd be like, come and play like winter golf or they'd have like these special black ones and like special deals and stuff promoting oh, wow. it. That'd be so, fun. I love that. That sounds fun. Yeah. You can do a uh, glow in the dark golf balls so you can play when it's darker. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and and they, they do have those. And in the summertime and Sometimes this time of year, we actually have a couple of groups who have to get home, you know, yeah. before noon or 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so they'll tee off and they'll play the first three holes in the dark with a glow ball. Wow. That's kind of fun. Yeah. And so it's kind of different. You could do a lot of like fun, like fundraiser ideas. Right. I was just thinking like about this. that too. <laughs> like games that you do in the snow, in the dark. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. We're going to have to reach out in the future. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> we always course. open anything. So. Well, yeah. we might have to learn how to play golf first, maybe. Yes. I shouldn't say that I'm against golf because I'm not. <laughs> right? I've just never had a good experience with golf because I was always as hot and sweaty and being dragged yeah. around and a, it's an Arizona a golf course. It's inclusive now. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And, I know. And I know, like, especially in Snohomish, you know, now with the valley there, you know, you can go yeah. down there and you can get, like, you can get comfortable with your game before you go out to the course. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's hard to just go out there and, like, you have never played, you know, right. get on the course especially there's gonna be four guys yep. right behind you and then That's four more I'm behind them of. yeah like i would almost be the one that would want to like do the really early morning get the glow ball yeah <laughs> yeah just to get out of there yeah. 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 we'll do the snow round like there we we'll, go we'll practice right? in the yeah. snow yeah. Yeah. Um, so that no one else is around us because then but, if we can putt in the snow right then our you game can, would be fantastic exactly. yeah. if you study in hard mode everything else becomes right. easier right. I like that. I like that. Uh, but speaking of learning how to golf i uh saw that on your website that that's a big part of you guys' business you do lessons for everyone mm-hmm. right yeah no definitely we actually have three pros so i'm i'm one of the pros up there and then we have two others and yeah we're, we've been teaching a lot of people and you know since covid it's another thing that's really gone off a lot of kids wanting to learn the game uh-huh. a lot of people a lot of people got into it and now they're like okay i want to get a little better you know yeah. they played for like uh-huh. a year or two and i've kind of like okay i've bought the clubs i've put the money into this let's get a little better at it so what's the traction like started because like golf is outdoors and you are far away from people and that became like a a very feasible activity yeah yeah and Mm. it just kind of i just think it showed golf again to a ton of people that wouldn't have seen it you know and not everyone the retention rate wasn't 100 percent obviously with people that came out but it's surprising how many people did come out enjoyed it and it's it's really a great way especially if you walk Mm -hmm. you can go out there walk 18 holes you know it's a couple mile walk you're out in nature yeah like even for me you know when you're sitting behind the computer all day it's so nice to go play nine holes and get two hours where you don't have to think about anything you yeah. see deer you know it's grass yeah. and, and nature I, right yeah. it's hard to find around here now right, right. <laughs> man that's awesome maybe i'll have to tr- uh, let trent play and i just walk alongside him for a couple miles right right no definitely and <laughs> or a lot he of could play that. and we could try to play yeah and cheer him on. He and needs to get somebody else that can go. Well, he can go with you. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. definitely. <laughs> you know, and another good way for people, like if you're new to the game, is so you don't have to just play your own ball. So what a lot of people do is they'll go out with four people that don't play a whole lot and they all hit and then you go to whoever's ball is the best. And you all oh. hit from there and then go to whoever's is best. So I you're like still that. playing. That's and like getting, equitable golf. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you're kind of working as a team against yeah. the course and it's a lot of fun, you know, especially then you, if you chunk one or hit one 10 feet, you just pick it up and you go to whoever hit the best one. <laughs> Nice. Don't worry about it. Yeah, that sounds fun. You I have, could get behind that. Yeah, I feel like that's a a, a good 
entryway to yes. the game. That sounds Definitely. like a lot of fun. That sounds fine unless you're the best player. Then you're kind of like everyone's just. <laughs> but it's for the on team. Then your back gets heavy. Well, it's kind of like tennis, right? People or I used to play tennis in high school, but it's always the most fun when you're playing against someone that's almost the same like skill level right, as you. Yeah. Because if you're the better one, then you're just bored, and if you're yeah. not good, you're like running around like crazy. I figured golf is probably similar, so yeah, maybe we yeah. need to have. Four people that are all almost the same skill level. So right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be fun. We'll have to find the other two that, yeah, or just you and me. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, the two of us. We don't want to make anybody else suffer. <laughs> but yeah, so like more into that is like so to kind of bridge that gap too from the going from the range where you're just hitting balls out there, mm-hmm. no pressure, to the big course. We actually cleared out around 20 acres mm-hmm. in the over the last year and a half, two years. We've cut the trees down there, and we're getting ready to put in a par three course. <gasps> oh, so fun. yeah, so we're excited for that. You know, there's a couple of things we still have to go through. To, you know, in order to break ground on it but yeah. the land is all ready to go there nice. and so we're hoping to either start this fall or next spring and get that going that's great that is huge because that's what i grew up playing on before i could play the young because my grandparents had me playing golf since i was like 10 i was taking lessons golf lessons at like 10 or 11 oh really oh, like, awesome. no joke. So yeah, like, yeah. like literally golf was part of my life growing up that's cool um and part threes is where they would always start me off so that is absolutely phenomenal yeah, it's huge so, so for, for the, the people that don't know what par three is could you explain i do know what part three is you do i <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry. Like Let me know that. if I start saying golf things and you guys are like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, so basically a round of golf, a par three. So there's par threes, par fours, par fives. Okay. Um, most of the holes are par fours, which is where you hit a tee shot and you're supposed to be able to reach the green with your second shot. Okay. Then in order to make par, which is four, you get two putts out. So you get a okay. putt for birdie and then you're supposed to tap in. That's like a, per, a par. Okay. That's how you're supposed to play the hole. Okay. That's how the pros do it. Right. And so for a par three, it's just one shot on the green and you're supposed to two putt for par. Uh, so basically all the holes on a par three course are between like 60, 70 to 120 to 130 yards. Gotcha. So they're all like anybody, even if you're a beginner, you can reach the green uh, on that. And so it's a way to go out and just kind of make it easier on you. Hit one shot instead uh-huh. of having to worry about hitting this one and then get it on gotcha. the green. And so you'll have 18 holes in this par three so with a par three, so we'll probably, we're going to try to do nine holes, but it uh, might only be eight. Gotcha. We're not exactly sure yet. It depends exactly how it fits. You know, we want to make it safe and yeah. definitely, you know, we don't want to just wedge them in there and then have people rifling balls at each other. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that could be another form of the game. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Dodgeball golf. Yeah. Right? <laughs> hey, that sounds fun. No. <laughs> have to get something a little softer maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Put pads and a helmet on. Yeah. Go right. to town. Right? But no, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. It'll definitely make it less especially if people don't want to spend also like the whole like four hours exactly, right if they don't have yeah. that much time um well, i also i was gonna say on the part threes too i'm interested i've never seen another one are there many other part threes in the area or would that be really unique for you all yeah it'd be pretty unique for around here the actual i think the closest one to here is that battle creek golf course which is actually our other golf course oh. and they built it when they built the course but really, they've gotten really popular in the last like five years because a lot of new people are coming into the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, besides that, I'd say the closest one, Jackson Park has one and Jefferson Park, the two munis have one. Oh, um, Willow's Run and Willow's Run in like the Redmond area has mm-hmm. one as well. Mm-hmm. And theirs is a fun one. But yeah. You know, they're great for the game. And like I said, they're becoming super popular. Tiger Woods just designed a couple of them down in mm-hmm. Florida and they're getting really big. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So your great grandfather and grandfather built the course. Mm-hmm. Did your father go into the golf and then you followed after that? Like yeah. what was the trajectory yeah, of the family much, there? Yeah. yeah. So my dad then he actually ran Wayne Golf Course for them uh, in Bothell until we closed that about ten years ago. And then after that he he took over the operation of here. And since he's been doing that, I've been the general manager under him. Okay. So I'm I'm technically an assistant pro slash general manager because I'm still (laughs) going through the schooling to get my certification. Yeah. But I I do run the course also. So it's kind of a weird deal, but it's fun. It sounds like family business to me. Exactly. I've been in the meeting since I was eight. So it's kind of like second nature. (laughs) That's awesome. That is on the job training. Yeah. Nothing else. (laughs) Absolutely. Did you guys grow up in Snohomish or in Bothell or what was your Yes. I actually grew up in like the Kenwanda area. So just across 
across the valley and I went to Glacier Peak. Was there Peak. a Kenwanda golf course? Yes, there was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, I feel like I've heard that name. Yeah. And they actually just closed that like two years ago. Oh, okay. And so, but yeah, so I grew up right next to there. I didn't play there a whole lot because, you know, I would go with my dad to work and right. stuff, but we played there in high school and stuff. And so it was nice to have that. And Snohomish used to kind of have, Kenwanda was kind of where you went as a beginner and then oh. once you kind of got comfortable there you'd go to play like snohomish and that's kind of mm. it was a trajectory but of course during covid yeah. land prices went crazy right before covid happened the golf business wasn't that great mm. and the land was just too valuable and yeah. so quite a few courses closed for that huh. reason but. so is it when you said that the people would start at kanwanda and then kind of move up to is golf course ownership like kind of a collaborative <laughs> industry yeah it, it's pretty collaborative yeah. you know because we're all we're all working together to try to you know provide a product you know mm-hmm. we're trying to get like create a golf industry because if you're missing courses or you know and people people will leave the game if they have a mm-hmm. bad experience at one course they might completely leave the game like yeah. you said you know you kind of grew up not enjoying it and so <laughs> yeah. you know well, that's I, a good I point. wasn't exposed in the best way either. right yeah. <laughs> nothing against golf right but, but see is- like if you would have come up on like a busy saturday morning to our course or something something it might have only ever been that mm-hmm. where, where can Wanda you could go out there that same day and you could take your time take a you know it was right. a little more of a slower pace you know not as intimidating yeah. golf course yeah and so there's kind of that natural progression and now we're kind of missing that and oh. so people people that aren't quite ready for the golf course maybe are going out there and then they're getting pressured and they're not enjoying it as much as they should. Uh, right. So yeah, was that, that makes sense. part of the motivation then of putting in the part three? Yeah, that's actually almost the whole motivation uh, is during COVID, like we started having people playing like six hour rounds of golf. Six hours? Yeah, which is two hours longer than it should take. And oh we, we realized like, okay, there's, there's we're, we're missing something here. Mm-hmm. These people are going straight from the range to the golf course. They need that inner yeah yeah yeah. middle ground yeah yeah six hours that is a long (laughs) time way too long her brain around that Um, well in my head i'm like dang that's like lunch and dinner but you guys have food right it's almost a birthday right no yeah we do have food and actually as we're speaking right now we're getting new flooring put in so it's long overdue and and so that's kind of the last two years We've completely almost redone all of our infrastructure. Oh. And so we were going to do the part three, but then we decided to start with our, all of our infrastructure, make sure yeah. the basics are going to be there. Right. And now we're almost done with that. Hoping, hopefully finishing up the flooring and the siding and all the buildings this summer. And then we can move to our next project. Yeah, that's so, cool. Well, because yeah. it's I was thinking of it from like the IKEA effect, right? One of the reasons why they have food in the middle of mm-hmm. the IKEA store is so that people stay longer. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of like if you have food at the golf course, like it doesn't matter if it takes you four hours or eight hours. Like yeah. Yeah. you can be there literally all day. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we do have some people actually, especially when it's nice out, and yeah. they'll, they'll tee off at like seven in the morning. Yeah. And then they'll make a tee time for eleven. So yeah. when they get done, they tee off at eleven again, and then sometimes they'll go again. Sometimes, oh my gosh. you know, three rounds in one day and wow. Dang. The hardcore golf yeah. players. Oh, and right? there's some people that play every single day of the year, unless we're closed. We have quite a few people wow. that will play every single day. Wow. That is dedication. Yeah. And retirement. And re- right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Megan, one day. Someday. Someday. So we got to meet your sweet little daughter and your wife and they're hanging out in downtown. <laughs> Did you spend much time downtown when you were a kiddo? Oh yeah. A ton of time. I actually... I my first few memories from downtown. I remember there was a movie theater uh, when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I don't remember where it was, but I remember coming to a movie theater downtown. That's like a theme of our podcast, right? Oh, yeah. A lot of people remember that. Yeah, because uh, when I was a kid, I remember. I don't remember exactly what building it was in, but I know it was right down here somewhere. It was probably yeah. the Pegasus, wasn't it? Yeah, it's where One Common is now. Oh, okay. it's just like one block that way. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I remember that, but yeah, my my mom grew up in Snohomish area. Uh, her her Family is also from the area. My grandpa had a, uh, a handy shop or like, um, what do you call it? Like a hardware shop. Hardware shop. Oh. Yeah, he was like a handyman. And so they had a hardware shop. In I wonder if that's the guy that Malcolm talked about. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. What was his name? Uh, it was Ron Verbeck. Is that what he said? I can't oh, remember. I am terrible with names. We'll have to go back and listen. <laughs> yeah. and, and what's funny is I actually saw that you guys had... Um, was it Malcolm Bates? Yeah. That? And so he was my middle school English teacher. Yay. Yeah. yeah. He is everyone's teacher. Hey, now we know teacher. what he taught. Right. We never yeah, got the English, answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a good teacher. 
So, yeah. yeah. I, but I saw that on there. I was like, wow, small world. Yeah. Small community. Right. <laughs> well, because yeah. he also emailed us afterwards and he was talking about how he listened to the Lamb and Co. episode mm-hmm. and he taught them computer, right? Oh, wow. Um, and then he yeah. also taught Chrissy Teigen. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Right? She's from here, too. So yeah. it's That's crazy. like my ultimate goal is to get Chrissy Teigen yeah. on this podcast. Oh, that would be so <laughs> yeah, cool. Get John anyone. Legend in here, too. <laughs> you know, if he wants to come along, we'll take him. But yeah. 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 Wouldn't that be amazing? If, so if, if anyone she ever happens to hear this episode, right. just if give us knows, a call, email us. <laughs> forward our podcast to Chrissy yeah. Teigen, please. And uh, we would love to have her on. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what is there, if any, do you see a connection between your business now and the downtown area of Snohomish? Yeah, you know, definitely. I mean, we've been around for a long time. And, you know, obviously downtown's been around here for geez, right. I don't know how long. You know, Forever. how many different things have has it been? You know? And, yeah. But, you know, it's just been great. You know, we've grown as the town has grown and we started off, you know, very humble, very humble beginnings as I think the town of Snohomish did in general, you yeah, know, it's true. and it just slowly built and built and built. And, you know, now with the expansion of like the state and everything, it's it went from like kind of a hidden gem mm-hmm. to now it's a gem. And then soon it might just be commonplace. You <laughs> yeah, know? Like, it's yeah. kind of, like even growing up like downtown Snohomish, you know, like no one knew about it. And you come down here, it's just beautiful old mm-hmm. town. You walk along the river. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many times I sat at Toto, Mexico, watching the people fish, you <laughs> yeah. know, out the side. And it's just, it's such a beautiful little town. And it's just perfect, you know, for the game of golf. And I think the game of golf is perfect for the people of this town too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think... I think that people of Snohomish tend to like be more outdoorsy. Mm-hmm, you know, we yeah. live on the river. We have the lakes around, the ocean, the mountains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think golf's that perfect bridge from like your daily life to like something fun. Mm-hmm. And maybe for the person that doesn't quite like hiking, yeah. you can hike with a club in your hand and hit a ball in the hole. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's actually really like that. great because uh, one of the things that I always complain about with hiking is that after a while, after you've done all of the hikes that are close by, like and I'm not an expert hiker by any means. A lot of the easier hikes are like far out, mm. you know. And it's like, do I want to sit in a car for three four hours to get to a trailhead and then do the hike and then drive back another three four hours? Right. Where I can just walk around the golf course right? yeah. and do the same thing in yeah. less time. Right. You kind of get the same experience. Like right. it's Being true. Outside, you are connected to nature. It's kind of that trees. grounding effect. Yeah. yeah. And then you can add a little bit of a competitive edge to right. it. Right. Yeah. And if you want, you can add a beer too. Yeah. <laughs> if you want. We're yeah. hiking that might be a little hard. <laughs> or at least frowned upon, right? Yeah. <laughs> and golf actually helps you a little bit. As long as you don't have too much, right? Here Wait, really? They, they, they call it swing fluid. Oh. You know, so it seems like it helps after one or two, but anything more than that, then it's, uh, it's definitely a bell curve. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. a peak. Yeah. You gotta keep the balance. That is yeah. totally That's nice. awesome. Um, so with especially with uh, drinking and golf, one of the other things that or one of the other ways that I've gotten exposed to golf is actually through things like top golf, mm-hmm. you know, where it's more, I don't want to say more gamified because golf is already a game. Uh, but that was to me like a really easy entrance. Cause it's like, Oh, you're hanging out and you're golfing as opposed to like, you're there to golf and you get to hang out. Right. Have you seen like an effect of like the popularity of things like Top Golf and how that affects like real golf? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, Top Golf has been huge for the game too. You know, the timing was huge for it. And now they just opened one down in Renton. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have been yet, but it's pretty fun. Would you explain what Top Golf is? You could yeah, probably explain yeah, it. So, <laughs> so Top Golf is basically, like she said, the gamification of golf. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit more. So it's a driving range, but it's not a full length driving range. Mm-hmm. And there's lit targets kind of as you go. Oh. And it's more about on the each each bay has a TV screen and it tracks your ball. And so if you go in the in the lighted areas, you get points and stuff and there's all these different games. So basically, like you can go out and let's say you've never played before. As long as you can hit, get the ball off the tee, it's going to roll in and get some points. Oh, OK. Yeah. And so you'll be able to at least score something. And it, it it's fun. It's fun for people that don't play at all. Right. And, it, and it's a way for people that don't play at all to go with people that play all the time and still have fun together. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And so it's kind of yeah. unifying in that way. Right. And, you know, it is a little bit kind of like bowling or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Where you mm. go out with your friends you have some pictures of beer and it's right. just supposed to be a fun thing and, yeah but it's definitely it's definitely carrying over and like like i said seeing the valley you know mm-hmm. they've really stepped up their game down here and they've upgraded a lot of things there yeah, yeah. and that's you know i've noticed even there yeah it's become way bigger in the area right because i feel yeah. like i usually or growing up i only hear about like 
old men playing golf yeah, yeah. and now like the fact that me and my friends like we would actually say like hey let's go to the top golf or you know do things like that makes it uh, more approachable and mm-hmm. like it, it encompasses like a much wider demographic which i think is really cool because it's no longer that you know intimidating right yeah thing well, it was kind of like a gate and key sport where exactly it's like, you know, if, yeah which also brings to the concept uh i think you were talking about private courses or like country clubs right Mm -hmm. and i know you guys are a public course and always has been throughout the years um was that like a conscious decision or have you guys ever come across a time where you're like oh maybe we should turn into a private club or how does that work yeah so we've always been you know we've always been public it's called like public daily fee golf course Uh and you know we've We've always, you know, we've talked about, you know, the possibility of a lot of courses go semi-private, especially Uh. when their finances start to go down. A lot will go semi-private because when you get a membership, Uh you're guaranteed a certain income from them. So it makes it a little easier to get by the winter months Mm. and stuff. But our goal, and we always have been, is to stay public daily fee. And just our whole goal is to provide the best value in golf in the Mm. area. And we want to make it so it's the most playable, the driest if possible, Mm -hmm. for a good enough deal that anybody can go out and play and have a great time. Nice. Yeah, we just want everyone to have fun out there and whatever that takes you know whether golf changes you know like it's now it's gone let's say 20 years ago it was really popular but Mm -hmm. it's popular for the courses to be really hard everyone wanted really hard and so now it's gone back to people want to be a little easier and more forgiving and so we've softened the course you know and as you just kind of have to follow the trends and like you know kind of stay with what the people want there that's so interesting well i mean i have you know, my experience is always in small business and I've always helped with a lot of small businesses and you got to stay relevant. Exactly. Like if you're not willing to stay relevant, you become obsolete and then you're gone. Yeah. You know? yeah. So I love that you're intentional about that and yeah. watching what the demand is and mm-hmm. what the rest of the business or yeah, the, the community and golf is doing yeah. too. Right, right. Well, and another thing is, so we actually, my wife, who you guys met, is uh, our social media director. Ah. And her being that has really changed a lot of things I too. Bet. You know, yeah. just showing literally what we're doing at all times, you know, and just, she posts all day. She responds to everyone right away. And I can tell that that's creating even more of a golf community and getting people mm. even more into it. And yeah. it's like, you know, they wake up to see the picture of the golf course and they feel like they're part of it. Yeah. You know, or they'll and, be like, Oh, it's dry today. I can see exactly, it. You know, yeah. I don't have to guess. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that and, is awesome. And you know, and someone joked the other day, like, they're like, whoever does your social media responds right away. And they found, she it, does. And they found <laughs> it was my wife. And they're like, Oh, it makes sense. It's a girl. You know, as a joke. And I'm like, and I'm so she's been awesome with that and it, it's just crazy i think social media for small businesses mm-hmm. is huge especially yeah. if you're like relying on a customer to come like a repeat customer right. if you build i just think building that relationship in that community yeah. is absolutely huge and so we really are trying to stay up on that and stay ahead with all the facebook groups and everything mm. and just really get our information out and yeah. show what we're doing and if it's good people are coming yeah so yeah. That's great. I mean, it's amazing how many people now will find you on like TikTok or Instagram <laughs> Reels, like before they even will go to a website. Right. You know, that's like how right. people are being discovered. And it's important that you bring your business and your industry to yeah. that audience because that's your future audience. Right. You know, right. like no, those exactly. are your consumers that yeah. are going to be. And everyone gets their 10 seconds, right? <laughs> yeah. That's all you get. Like, what are you going to do with it? Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it's going to be even smaller. I would say you have three or four. Right. <laughs> exactly. Know? What's it going to be in 10 years? One. Right. Yeah. It's like just the logo flash. Yeah. Really quick. <laughs> all we can say. Right. But yeah, I think it also. Relationship more like person based like oh the golf course has a person behind it you know as opposed to just this building or this piece of land and I, I personally really like getting to know like the people who do run these businesses um like with a lot of the businesses downtown here in Snohomish I think the very first time I met Court from Maple and Moss the boutique downtown uh, I felt like I already knew her because I followed her on social oh, media. Yeah. And like the first time I, I walked into her store, I'm pretty sure I was like, oh, how was your trip or how was your lunch or something? Because like I saw her like post about it and I was like, I'm not trying to be creepy. But I like that, you know, you have that relationship and like I can totally see that with the golf course. If you think of the golf course, it's like your friend that you're calling up to be like, hey, you want to hang out today? And like going exactly, and playing, you yeah. know? 
Well, because really, you know, and the way I like to think about it is like where your break away from your like reality kind of, mm. you know, whether it's you're busy at home with a wife and kids, you know, yeah. and you get four hours once a week. Yeah. We get you for that four hours. We got to make sure you have a good time. Yes. Or you're not going to come back and we, we want you to have a good time. We want everyone yeah. out there, you know, having a good time. And or whether it's you're taking like some people a long lunch where you go play <laughs> nine holes, you know, it, it's kind of your escape. And like even for myself, I guess like. Why I'm still in love with golf is like even with the stress of everything, I can go out there and I can play. And for those like 18 holes, four hours or whatever, you can kind of forget about everything else mm-hmm. and just focus on yeah, thinking what's about. ahead of you. Yeah. yeah. And That's it's just awesome. kind of like a mental break from yeah. reality. I like that because you have to force your mind to be engaged in what you're doing mm-hmm. and like planning your next God, I don't know what I'm saying. I would imagine that you're planning, you know, how you're going to get to the next hole every time. Exactly, and like yeah. what you're, I don't yeah. know what to call them. Yeah, just, what are you swinging? <laughs> right then. These are the days that I wish we had a video camera. Because <laughs> right. that was hilarious. Going on. Yeah. I'll give you guys lessons at the end. You know, exactly. yeah. He's like, I can tell just by that that she needs a lesson. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I, I can at least imagine from my limited experience that you do have to engage mentally in what you're doing to the point where that's all you're going to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. And like I used to teach fitness, like dance fitness, mm-hmm. and I loved it because it was a great way to like move your body and get your energy out. Mm-hmm. But that's all I would be thinking about. Right. Like there's my mind's always reeling all the time with like multiple things. It's like having a million tabs open in a browser. <laughs> right. And one but, of them is playing sound and you don't know which one yes. it is. <laughs> but when I would do like fitness teaching, like all I could think about was the next step and the next mm-hmm. direction I was going to give. Yeah. And it was such a nice break yeah. from, you know, just all the other things that you deal with. So yeah. I love that you're sharing that about golf. That sounds amazing. I wish I knew how to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially nowadays, everyone just gets flooded. Like you said, with all those three and four second yeah. videos, it's hard to step back and just take a breather. Yeah. Literally unplug. Yeah. And if you, if you do, you feel like you're doing something wrong, you know, you're like, yeah, sometimes so it's right. nice to have something to go through your mind while you're relaxing. Yeah. yeah. No I screen time the on the golf mm-hmm. course. Yeah. Or do people, how has technology like affected? I I, this is all based off of like movies and mm-hmm. like seeing golf on TV, right? But I, I see the people with the tiny pencils and the notepads. Have that <laughs> changed to yeah. like technology? Like, is it an iPad now? Right. Like- so so it's, definitely, it's definitely changed quite a bit, you know, and like, I guess screen wise, the most screens you'd see on the course is like on our driving range and a lot of the local driving ranges, they'll have some stalls, if not all their stalls will have a screen. So as you hit your balls, it tells you exactly how far it goes. You know, you can play other courses on there. And so it's kind of nice, you know, for that way, golf has been awesome. A lot of people have them at their house. Now you hit into a net and it shows Uh, on the computer what it would do. It reads like the ball speed, the spin, all that, all the crazy stuff. And so you can kind of play virtual golf now, Mm -hmm. which is really big. And that's really grown the game, especially in these colder areas. Mm. Um, I know a place in Monroe recently just opened that's just strictly simulators. They have like three or four simulators in there and you can just go in there and play, you know, Hmm. if if it's 10 at night and it's dark and 20 degrees out. And so that's been big. But as far as the golf course, most people aren't, they're using too much technology out there. Mm-hmm. You know, we, they use laser finders to see how far it is and stuff. Oh. But as, as you were saying about the pencils and stuff, most yeah. of scoring is done on the phone now. Every, oh, everyone, there's okay. an app. And so everyone pulls out their phone and you enter it. We still mm-hmm. offer the pencils yeah. and like the paper because there's a lot of people that want the authentic, you know, yeah, right. Right? and you kind of keep it as a trophy if you're playing a good round, you have that, <laughs> that paper trophy, you know, at least to rub in your buddy's face. But yeah, everything, it, like all our tournaments are done on the phone now. Oh. And so... And which is kind of fun, too, because with the paper and pencil way, you don't know how everyone else is doing until mm. you get done. Yeah. And so as long as everyone keeps up with the live scoring on their phone, you kind of know where you're at, how oh, you're interesting. doing. And so do I need to birdie this hole or, you know. Huh. That's cool. It's like real time mm-hmm. um, reflection of your game. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's going to be I think we're going to see more of that. You know, I think eventually they'll get to I don't know if you watch on TV where they have like the tracer for the yeah. ball. Yep. I think eventually they'll get to some way, you know, you have glasses or something and trace it. Because oh, wow. one of the hardest things about golf is finding your ball. <laughs> At the end of the day, when you hit it offline, it's really hard to find. That would be, and that, I, that would be me. I'd right. you know, spend like or half the time trying to find your ball when right. it's five feet in front of you, which is probably what you to me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, and then I guess the only other thing that's grown a lot in popularity is music. 
A lot oh. of people listen to music while they play now. Oh. And it's not a big deal to us. You know, it, maybe on like Saturday, Sunday mornings, you know, we have to make sure it's quiet enough that other groups can't hear. But if you're there later in the afternoon and most of the people are pretty loose about it mm-hmm. and you can play it and it's loud enough for like your group as you go uh. along. So they have like little golf speakers that clip onto the cart and stuff. So Do you still have caddies? Yeah, there's still some caddies. Yeah. You know, we, we don't really have any in our course. But if you go play a lot of the resort courses mm. and like a lot of the places require you to walk and whenever that you're required to walk, there's always caddies. So Chambers Bay down okay. in, um, what is that? University Place. Mm. They have caddies down there, and huh. but you have to walk their course. Gotcha. And so we have carts. And so most people will take carts if they, if they yeah. feel like, you know, not carrying their clubs. Yeah. And, that's kind of an and then actually another thing. part, though, with the technology thing is a, a thing that's grown a lot is people have electronic push carts. So oh. those three wheeled carts that you I don't know if you guys have seen the clubs on. Yeah. They'll, they'll pl- uh, like program it and you put it in your pocket. You put it in your pocket and it follows right behind you, like 10 feet behind you. As like you a play. robot? Yeah. A robot caddy? Basically. <laughs> yeah. What? And so that part's cool. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. I need to see this. <laughs> like my mind is blown. Wow. That is amazing. That sounds kind of fun. That sounds really fun. Like, I'm watching oh, the idea really cr- of building It's incredible to watch. But yeah. they definitely crash sometimes. Because uh, <laughs> oh, like, they'll hit a hole or something. But yeah. In my head, I would just start like running in circles right. trying to get it to like chase me. But yeah, it's a pretty clever idea. I don't know who came up with it, but it, yeah. you literally don't have to think about your clubs. Well, and you know, it you also just walk and they follow right behind. And it, it makes crazy. it more accessible for more people, right? Because I feel like once you get to maybe a certain age or if you have certain disabilities, right, that might be the blocker from you playing golf is maybe you can't walk that far Mm -hmm. right Right, because you might be able to swing and stay stationary on a spot you don't yeah you stay stationary when you swing Mm -hmm. right but like maybe it's the walking part that's the blocker and by having that it helps yeah no definitely yeah Yeah. it just keeps it as you're you're still getting exercise that way you know versus if you do want to grab a cart you can play fast and you can like drive your ball but you're you're taking yeah. out so much of it right because right. you're riding in the yeah. car and there's a, a difference too mm-hmm. when you're playing and you're just driving straight to your ball hitting it and going you don't think about that strategy as yeah. much it's more just like uh, da, da, go, da, go, da. go 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so yeah that's cool i am learning so much about golf after today right. well it's nice that you had a little bit of a basis too yeah. I've got Happy Gilmore putt putt yeah. golf courses that's about it well, I, don't, I don't know if you guys watch Netflix I'm sure you do you know everyone does but uh, they just drop full swing so and hmm. it's like they follow the PJ tour for the first time and they show uh, like the behind the scenes life of the golfers uh-huh. and it's pretty good I need so, to go watch that and get yeah. some education yeah. Yeah. I should have yeah. done that before yeah right so <laughs> but, if you're bored one night though just flip one on it's pretty yeah. interesting like how those guys live and I, I actually saw this thing the other day and it was like of the top 10 like richest athletes of all time five of them are golfers because you you can play from the time you're 20 till you're 60 years That's old so and make true. money yeah versus if you're like football or something you're done after exactly. a really short period of time because yeah, like, it just hammers your body yeah like you see tiger woods you know he was he's been playing since pro since he was yeah. 18 years old yeah. i think he's almost 50 now and he's still playing as good Is as he ever really almost 50 yeah oh, i feel old <laughs> Time flies. I'm not the same age Time as Tiger Woods. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. Right. For the record. For the record. <laughs> oh, man. That's cool. Yeah. Do we have any more questions that I we know. didn't cover? Man, I think we covered yeah, so much. That, like that pretty well. That was a good, like, golf 101 for yeah. me. Like, I feel like we need to stop by when, uh, the next time we have a free yeah. day and learn how to play golf no definitely does no, that mean we get to book with you here. yeah definitely <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold yeah, on, hold yeah. on. I, I think if we're going to do this, we need to expand this a little bit. I'll bring my camera along and we need to make a little video series oh out of it. I like of it. You two learning how I to golf. Like I don't know if that is something I want to I mean, keep in my memory for a I will sacrifice time. my pride yeah. for good for entertainment. We'll do one free, free like, filming lesson so you guys are like there you up go. with it. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, we need some prep like work. That. Yeah. That's very generous of you. Well, I've actually, in the past, I've done like these ladies, I call it ladies sip and swing. And so I'll bring four ladies out and basically for an hour I'll pour mimosas and then they hit balls so there's <laughs> less pressure right <laughs> but, but so far knock on wood I haven't had one lady leave without being able to hit it 100 yards so oh, I know I can get you guys yards? to hit 100 yards wow yes. that's, a, that's football a football field, field. Yeah. yeah you'd be surprised 
Once you make contact, you'd be surprised how far it goes. Yes, it's all, that's the key. Once yeah. you make contact. Right? It's all about like the setup and getting like the, the things dialed in. And once you get it, it's not that hard. It looks it looks harder than it is. Easier or harder than hitting a baseball? Uh, I'd say easier because it's it's stationary. Okay. So oh, that, yeah. good point. I mean, I can hit a baseball. Yeah, if you can hit a baseball, you can hit a golf ball. Right. I, I, I can hit, get you to hit 150 yards pretty quick. Oh, really? There yeah. you go. Okay, well, we got to take like this up. We got to make this happen. Right? Got to this now. <laughs> next dry day, next sunny day, or we're going th- out. Thinking I, if we're not doing the videos, even just doing a podcast episode while you're doing that with the most of the world You have to narrate a lot. Well, yeah. what she just did there was completely ridiculous. I did not sense laughing. Yeah. <laughs> Keeling over on the corner. I'm gonna have to edit this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> we'll live stream it on on the Snowho Downtown Instagram. There right? we go. Yeah. I mean, it'd be entertaining. It, it like, would be very entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah. It might be painful for actual golf players. But I can only imagine. I yeah. can only imagine. It'd be fun though. Yeah, I'm, 100%. I'm down. Let's yeah. go do it. Uh-huh. That's what the driving range is for. It's where you learn, and then yep. and we tee off and go have a lot of fun. So, so you guys do have a driving range. We with do. The, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's just it's a, it's a lot smaller. It's probably gotcha. twenty stalls, oh, like enough I mean, for twenty so people. Pretty, yeah, yeah. I, but I think like like the Snohomish Valley probably has a hundred now. Right. You know, and, and they keep they're, adding. They're, yeah, yeah, and they're designated driving range, you know, kind of for right. that. But and so ours is more, I'd say, for warming up before we gotcha. round. But that's where mm-hmm. we give our lessons and stuff oh. too. So, so we'll yeah. start yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah, and then maybe the the second trip we'll we'll do the the actually try to play. Yeah, yeah, it'd be more fun for you guys probably that way. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's a date. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, we need to ask our closing question. Yes. So we ask all of our guests, describe your perfect day in Snohomish. And typically we're talking like the downtown area. (laughs) But if you want to talk about your course, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) No, I guess my perfect day, you know, in the Snohomish would be 75, (laughs) slightly overcast, but sun breaking out. Nice. No no wind. Yeah. And I'd be with my wife and daughter and we'd probably start having breakfast. I don't know. Maybe we might even start up at like Jake's. Mm, I I love Jake's. Jake's. Yeah. Yeah. And then we kind of wander down here, go down by the river. I'd show her all the spots where I fished as a kid, you know, (laughs) kind of go through that. And then... Um, I don't know. We might have lunch. We really like Toto mm-hmm. a lot. You know, yep. go down there, still see the river. We really like Andes. Mm, and like, that's probably my favorite spot yeah. down here. And so we might end up there, <laughs> but kind of eat lunch there and then head up to the golf course. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Get in a game. Right? And your little yeah. daughter can come with you golfing. Exactly. Yeah. She actually just got. So she just got her own set of clubs and the bag is literally like a foot and a half tall and there's <laughs> so three clubs cute. in there. And now every time like she sees my clubs or she sees she hears golf course, you know, it's Dada hit balls. Yeah. Dada can go hit balls. And so she's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping so. You know, I, I wanted a boy, you know, like as a guy would. Yeah. Right. But now that I have her, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm so happy I have this daughter. Aww. Like, I love her so much. There's and, a lot of up and coming girl golfers too yeah. i mean oh, i do yeah. get exposed to that at least through social media and that's mm-hmm. been actually fun to watch like these girls going out there and just like you know yeah. hammering the game oh right? yeah. it's really cool and then when her little sister comes along right a little competition we're so excited they're gonna be prodigies yeah uh, uh, we'll see right <laughs> i'm not gonna push it though <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I didn't just buy her a, a set of golf clubs. No, that wasn't me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Ben, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. And thank, thank you, you Kiana, for wandering around downtown with your little toddler right. and giving us your husband for the hour. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for educating us and hopefully our listeners, too, on how fun and you know, inclusive now golf is. And hopefully everyone is intrigued to try it out. Where should people go if they want to check out the golf course? Yeah, you can go to our website. It's just snohomishgolfcourse.com. We have everything on there. Mm -hmm. Like I said, our social media, we probably have more on there if you really want to connect. And then just come up. You know, we're we're up there. We have a a kitchen, a cafe, you know, a service bar. We have some outdoor seating with fires. Mm -hmm. So come up, check it out. We have a few putting greens and just just come check us out. Hang out, have fun. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Snohomish Storytellers. Keep writing those stories and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. The Snohomish Storytellers podcast is brought to you by the historic downtown Snohomish Association, 